0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News. Since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It is Monday, November 27th, and I'm Raleigh Wolfbauer, joined by Amanda Harris. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending November 24th, 2023. This episode is sponsored by software solutions provider, Innovatech. In compliance news, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau ordered Toyota Motor Credit Corp. to pay $60 million for infractions related to ancillary products and bad data reporting to consumer credit reporting agencies. The CFPB found four violations in its review of Toyota Motor Credit, according to the release from the Bureau. The Bureau alleges that Toyota Motor Credit harmed consumers by preventing them from canceling product bundles, including guaranteed asset protection products and credit life and accidental health coverage by making the cancellation process unreasonably difficult. The Bureau also accused Toyota Motor Credit of delaying bundled product refunds by applying them to principal payments along with withholding refunds or distributing incorrect refund amounts. The CFPB also alleges that the lender inaccurately reported customer delinquencies to credit reporting agencies. Plano, Texas-based Toyota Motor Credit admitted no wrongdoing, but agreed to pay $48 million to affected consumers and $12 million to the CFPB's Victim Relief Fund for violations found in the investigation, Vincent Bray, Senior Manager of Corporate Communications at Toyota Financial Services, told Auto Finance News. The settlement comes as the Bureau has stepped up its auto finance oversight. In electric vehicle news, EV financing company Tenet secured $30 million in funding on November 15th. The company was approved for a $20 million warehouse debt facility from Silicon Valley Bank, now a division of First Citizens Bank, following SVB's collapse in March, and also received a $10 million Series A investment led by venture capital firm Nika Partner. Tenant's loan sale capacity now stands at a total of $100 million. The company is using the funding to increase origination volume and scale its renewable energy platform, Tenant Connect. In auto lending, U.S. Bank laid off a portion of its auto division as the bank continues its pullback in auto finance to other lines of business. The layoffs hit nearly half of the auto division's employees, sources familiar with the matter, told Auto Finance News. A U.S. bank spokesperson confirmed the layoffs but declined to provide details as to how many people were affected. Last week, Amanda spoke with a few subprime lenders on the current market and what they're doing to adjust underwriting. Amanda, what's going on there?
1: Sure. So if anyone's read our feature, you know, and probably even if you haven't, you know, the subprime market is pretty challenging right now for borrowers, you know, inflationary pressures, making it very difficult for them to afford, you know, everyday expenses, um, probably even more so than borrowers and other credit tiers. So subprime lenders are having to adjust to to the market condition. So I spoke with two, I spoke with Irving Texas based on the road lending, which is a nonprofit subprime so auto lender. They have clients, you know, their FICO scores are in the low 500s. Um, again, they're nonprofits, so they get their capital, you know, mainly from, from lenders and, and captives who have a goal to kind of help these underserved populations, but even they had to adjust. So they had to change their minimum income requirement um, up to 1800 from 1500 per month. Um, pretty tight for you know, their typical clients um, based on you know, their last year end of year reports, their clients typically had an annual income of, of just over 40,000 a year in 2022. So you imagine that about $300 more per month, definitely a little bit tight for them. Um, They also did adopt a range of interest rates, just like pretty much based on equity in the vehicle. So someone does a higher down payment, they wanted to be able to offer a lower rate um, before they did have a flat interest rate. So they're doing some things to try to offset some of the affordability concerns, but also, you know, knowing that they're taking on more risk with their particular client base, just given the, you know, market conditions. And then I also spoke with um, Aston, Pennsylvania, based Sun East Federal Credit Union. So their credit union, obviously, so they have, you know, their membership based Um, They did have to do some changes to their LTVs, their loan-to-value ratios, and their debt-to-income ratio structures. Um, They also moved away from a set LTV and moved to a tier-based LTV based on the borrower's credit score. And they also did have to increase their debt-to-income maximum ratio um, a little bit to basically help offset some of the, the risk, you know, that they're having to take on. So we're we're definitely seeing subprime, you know, lenders uh, adjust and, and kind of, you know, have to make some of these changes and decisions just based on delinquencies going up, net charges going up and the entire subprime market, you know, being a little bit more challenging. So it's affecting the lender side as well. Um, and I'm sure we'll see other, you know, smaller subprime lenders making adjustments as well as, you know, everyone in the space on the prime side, you know, I'm sure we're going to see adjustments as well because prime losses are also going up and delinquencies are going up, just not nearly at the rate we're seeing on the subprime side. So, it would be, it you know, we're going to see this more often, I think, on the subprime side here in the near term.
0: Great. Well, thanks, Amanda. That about does it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap and be sure to follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter and LinkedIn. We will see you online at
1: autofinancenews.net and here next time.